Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 31 of the Selfmade CEO podcast. My name is Adrian Finch. I am your host. Welcome back to the show. I've got another awesome episode for you. It's just me today. Hello, <laughs> just me, no guests. Today, we're talking about how to master the art of saying no, the beauty and the art and the precious thing that is saying no, how to master this. Do you ever feel like you're just bombarded, absolutely overwhelmed with work, with distractions, technology plans, and you want everyone to be happy? You might be a people pleaser like me. I definitely am a people pleaser. And you think that the more things you do and the faster that you do them, the more productive and successful you'll be. So you just kind of say yes, yes, yes to everything, right? But you end up kind of neglecting what's important to you. I know that I do. I definitely find myself in this position way too often and it's something that I've been really working to change. So I decided I'm done living that way and you should be too. Today we're talking about the beautiful art of saying no, why we feel like we work so hard and achieve less than we should, and how eliminating commitments, stimuli, and work, extra, I guess, commitments, stimuli, and work by saying no is the first step in beginning to achieve more by doing less. Then I'm going to give you guys a couple effective ways to actually say no that make saying no less scary and that make kind of both parties a lot happier and feel a lot better about saying no. So if that all sounds good to you, stay tuned. My name is Adrienne Finch, and I believe wholeheartedly that anyone from any background can create the success and happiness that they want. With my proven productivity hacks, business tactics, and a little mindset coaching, this podcast will unlock your greatest potential and transform you into the CEO of your own life, business, happiness, and success. So what are you waiting for? This is the Self-Made CEO Podcast. So here's the truth, you guys. Our lives, our businesses, happiness, goals, etc. will not progress if we don't choose to say no sometimes and if we don't learn how to do it tastefully and elegantly. I have really hit this realization recently that there are certain things that you have to do to progress and there are so many different things but one of them is you have to be okay saying no to things that you don't want to do or that you don't have time to do or that you can't prioritize and you need to actually feel empowered and good about rejecting these things. And this is something that doesn't come easily to us, I don't think. It really doesn't. I mean, I know for me, I'm a people pleaser. It's very hard for me to turn someone down when they want my help, especially I'm honored that they want my help. You know, it might be pretty easy for me to help them. I could, you know, just spend 10, 15 minutes. But it's not about that. It's it's the principle of you have to be okay prioritizing what you need to do, what you need to focus on, what you need to spend time doing. And saying no is something that if we can learn to do now and embrace it and feel empowered doing it, then we will live way happier, more progressing and successful lives. Oh, there's my doorbell. Hello, doorbell. <laughs> so why do we need to say no? Well, for one, information is no longer scarce. I'm going to tell you a little bit about kind of the society we live in right now so you can get some context as to really how dramatically intense these stimuli that we have constantly are, okay? So we live in an era where information is no longer scarce, and that's awesome. Technology has allowed us basically to access almost limitless knowledge. You know, you have Google. You can learn pretty much anything. There are all these online courses and coaches, and you can take classes, books, everything. So you know, we practically have access to limitless knowledge, which is incredible. 
but it's also so, so, so overstimulating. And on top of just the amount of knowledge that we are able to um, learn if we want and ingest, we also on top of that have email, we have texts, DMs, phone calls, social media feeds, news alerts, meetings. These are all things that are constantly, you know, getting our attention every single day. And the list goes on and on and on and on. But we really do live in what um, one of my favorite entrepreneurs and CEOs, Michael Hyatt, he says, we live in a distraction economy. We do. So there was a Carnegie Mellon professor, Herbert Simon, and how he put it, which I think is just incredible and it resonates with me, is that is this. Information consumes the attention of its recipients. A wealth of information creates a poverty of attention. So if you think about that, it makes complete sense. A wealth of information, which is what we have, all that stimuli, all that knowledge, it creates a poverty of attention, meaning we can't give our full attention and our full focus to all of those things. It just doesn't work that way. We all have the same number of hours in the day. We all have the same energy and ability to focus and concentrate and spend time on things. So the more stimuli there are, the more or I guess the less attention you're able to put on things. And I think a huge problem that we face in our society today is that so many of us work long, hard, and fast, and we end up feeling like we aren't progressing that much. I can genuinely look back at the last two years of my life, and I feel like I have worked tirelessly. I've worked so many hours. I've worked hard. I feel like I've done a lot. And when I look back and I actually legitimately look at how have I progressed, and I'm not just talking in terms of growth and development because of course I have. I've progressed in a lot of ways. But when I really look at like the scale of my business, my income, things that are tangible, I haven't progressed nearly the amount that I feel like would be reflective of how much work I've put in. So I feel like we often face this problem in our society that it's like we're working 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 or trying hard to do something but we're not progressing that much and I know I feel that way and ultimately it's because we lack focus we spread ourselves too thin we also don't filter our everyday decisions which we should be and what that pretty much means is like once we develop a goal we should be viewing every project that comes our way every request of our time or resources that comes our way through a filter And the filter should say, is this helping me achieve my current goal or is this a distraction? Is this an extra thing that I should maybe wait to put on my plate or is this something that I should be focusing on? And you may feel like at first that it's kind of weird or selfish to say like, oh, you know, I shouldn't be focusing on this. You know, maybe it's selfish to say that you should never help out a friend in need or let someone pick your brain. And it's not, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that you never should do that. It's just that By being consciously aware of this, like aware when you're making these decisions, it'll help you make more informed decisions and kind of get behind the control of your decisions. So instead of saying yes to coffee, like someone asks you on a coffee date or a meeting, instead of just being like, oh yeah, without even thinking, you kind of have to put that request through this filter that you've created. Analyze your current schedule, your priorities, and then decide, yes, I'm doing this. And by doing that, you are making a conscious decision and you are knowing the impact of that decision, whether it's yes or no, right? So I feel like it's very important that we, in order to focus more, are prioritizing and filtering these decisions. We are deciding, is this going to benefit us? Is this something I should be focusing on? People always say, work harder, or wait, no, (laughs) they always say the opposite. Work smarter, not harder. 
And that's honestly one of my favorite sayings ever. Like if you think about it, we all have the same 24 hours in the day. We all have it, which I actually think is crazy. I look at like super mega successful people and I'm like, okay, they have the same time in their day than I do. Why am I not, you know, progressing the way that they are? And honestly, it's all about focus. One of my next episodes will be all about how to achieve more by doing less, which is based on this book I'm currently reading by Michael Hyatt. So I'm going to save going into huge detail on kind of all of that. But just know that learning to say no elegantly and wisely and the right way will be one of the like most important steps on that journey to achieve more by doing less. So this all is going to go hand in hand with each other, but there is just way too much to talk about for one episode. So we're just starting with the beauty of saying no, and I think this has been very relevant for me lately. So let's just dive right on into it. That was kind of the context. So first, 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 the most important thing is that in order to be okay with saying no, we need to understand that there are trade-offs that exist. And so what I mean by this is actually Michael Hyatt in the book puts it very well. He says, even if we hate saying no, we must understand that every yes inherently contains a no. So for example, if I say yes to a breakfast meeting, I'm saying no to my morning workout, the workout that I typically do at that time. If I say yes to going home to visit my family for a weekend, I'm saying no to a movie night with the roommates that we might be having on a Saturday night. See, so it's like, We're actually saying no all the time without even knowing it. Even by saying yes, we're saying no. And it's just because we only have so much time. And if we're choosing to do one thing, it means choosing not to do other things. And it sounds like, okay, you know, that's a bad thing. This is negative, but it's actually not. There's only so much time to go around. And and these trade-offs are actually not bad. They just exist. I like to say they're just there. (laughs) So if we can realize that they're just there, if we can realize they exist and actually stop to think about them before saying yes to something, then it makes saying no a lot easier. So for example, if I do say yes to that breakfast meeting quickly and I'm not thinking about anything, I don't think about the fact that that would mean skipping my morning workout, I'll likely realize it later and then one of two things will happen. I'll either wish I had said no and therefore feel resentful of the meeting or going to the meeting, or I'll actually end up bailing, which doesn't feel great I really do not like bailing, especially last minute, but at least I won't miss the workout, right? So you're kind of having to make that choice if you're just rushing to say yes or rushing to say no. If you're rushing to say yes, though, you are saying no to something else and you might not even realize it. So by stopping and slowing down for a minute and thinking, what is the trade-off here? By saying yes to this, what am I saying no to and am I okay with that? Or there's, of course, the third option, which is like, okay, I'll try to fit the workout in sometime later in the day. But if, you know, if I'm prioritizing my schedule, if I have a full calendar, then that will also require saying no to a previous commitment that I have. Even if the commitment was just to myself, like I'm working or I'm editing, that time was supposed to be for working, not for working out. Morning was supposed to be my time for working out, right? So if you go into that decision already thinking about like what saying yes means we're saying no to, then we have a lot more control over these decisions. And I think that's been a huge game changer for me is like this doesn't mean that I have to say no more necessarily. I have naturally been saying no more just you know I've been really really prioritizing my time so I've been saying no more but more importantly I've just been very aware of the decisions that I make. So when I say yes I feel good about having said yes and I feel like I made the right decision and I don't feel guilty about spending my time that way. I don't feel like I'm 
you know, not being productive because I actually thought about it. And sometimes that even requires like if someone calls you or texts you like, hey, you want to do this thing? Sometimes I'll just say like, hey, can I get back to you in a few minutes or can I can I get back to you in an hour? Because you actually want to stop and think. You don't want to just rush and feel pressure right away to say yes. So there are two types of commitments. We're going to get into this. There are two types of commitments or like groups of things basically that we can say no to. There's previous commitments. So if you take a look right now at everything in your life, what you agree to do, whether it's on the daily basis, the weekly, you're signed up for a class, you do you know, tutoring, whatever it is, you already have certain commitments. Everyone does. And then the second type is new requests. So today we're only going to focus on the new requests and like how to best manage which ones to say yes and no to and then how to actually say no. We're not going to get into the um, already existing commitments today because that's a whole nother kind of topic of actually sorting through and prioritizing and and like how to come up with what you desire doing, how to focus on it, and then actually eliminating the thing, the the current commitments you have that don't align with that. But that's kind of another topic. So today we're just going to focus on the new requests, okay? So prioritizing people and projects is one of the biggest challenges, I think, for people, especially for leaders. Um, if you're trying to be a leader and a good leader, you have to prioritize people. You have to prioritize projects. And it's tough, but it's absolutely essential. So I say especially for leaders, but this can obviously apply in business, in school, in life, in your family, really anything, is that people and projects are going to demand you and your time, and you got to be able to prioritize them. So being a good leader does not mean like jumping whenever someone calls. You know, it doesn't mean being there for everyone. That's actually not what a good leader should or can even do. It means focusing on your most important priorities while having systems in place to make sure everything else gets done without you. So I talked earlier about creating a filter that you can run decisions and requests through, right? So the first step is, of course, to develop this filter, which requires you to reflect on what's important for you to focus on and what you desire to focus on. And like I said, I could talk about that part for days, but the point of this episode is more specifically the saying no aspect, but it's important to realize and understand that in order to create this filter and in order to make educated decisions on whether you should say yes or no, you do need to know what your desires and what things are important for you to focus on. So just be thinking about that. Just start thinking about it. Even if you don't have an answer right now, that's okay. Totally okay. So let's go through the process of when a new request comes in, how we can manage making that decision of if we're going to say yes or no, and then how to artfully and tastefully say no. Because I think saying no is the most awkward thing on planet earth. I literally hate it more than anything in life. And I wish that I could just say yes to everyone at any time. But the reality is that just cannot happen. So we've got to come up with some solutions, right? Okay, so when a new request comes in, and this can be an email, a call, a text, anything basically demanding something of you, whether it's help on a project, whether it's a meeting, a social hangout, someone wants to pick your brain, whatever it is, that would be a new request. So there are a couple of things that you should and can do. First of all, and one of my favorite solutions is literally just let your calendar say no for you. This is by far the easiest and best way to say no, okay? So what I mean by this is when you block off time on your calendar for everything, and I'm talking literally everything, it makes saying no a lot easier. And 
if you guys haven't listened to my episode on time batching, I basically talk about the power and benefit of strategically blocking off your time in a calendar. And this is definitely one of those benefits is if it's on the calendar, it's easier it's easier for us to say, no, I have a prior commitment, you know? And sometimes it's still uncomfortable for people. It, it takes a lot to be okay with saying no, especially even if there is something on your calendar because I put dumb things on my calendar like take a shower. I wish I was kidding, but that's actually the truth. <laughs> so let's say that I'm going to spend two hours this afternoon brainstorming online course curriculum and names for the course, okay? So I mark it on my calendar as basically a meeting with myself because that's what it is. And then let's say someone asks if I can meet or have a call during that time. So what I've had to do lately is train myself to literally say, no, I have a prior commitment, so sorry. Because that's the truth. And even if that commitment is just to myself, I have a commitment. And I think that we tend to view our own you know, meetings with ourselves or commitments to ourselves as the lowest priority. Like, oh, I was going to meditate at that time, but you know, I can move that around because we created the plan, right? But it's actually the opposite. It's the highest priority. It should be the highest priority. So we're going to begin training ourselves to value our own priorities that much, right? And I think that's one of the hardest things for entrepreneurs, especially is taking our own priorities and meetings and tasks seriously. So here's an example I used to always think about. If I had a nine to five job, which I have in college and the first year out of college, if I was in office all day and someone texted and said, hey, want to go shopping at two? Like, or I'm going to go to Target. You want to come? It was so easy for me to say no, because quite literally I was at work. Like, no, I'm at work. Like I'm at the office. I can't leave. I have a job. I have a boss. I can't leave. It was so easy. I was just like, no, sorry, I'm at work. Right. So it's like, why is it so easy to say that? But then it's so difficult to to say the same thing about, you know, if I'm just at home filming a video or I'm replying to emails or I'm taking a walk or I'm working out. For some reason, when it's our own, you know, priority of something that we need to do for ourselves, it's really hard to say no, but it's so much easier if we're on the calendar for something else. So there's no reason that I should take my priorities and my work any less seriously just because I technically could move my schedule around. Like you could, you could, I could leave my house and so could you. But we shouldn't, right? (laughs) So even if I'm just going to be sitting at my desk brainstorming, technically flexible and able to take a phone call, I blame it on the calendar. It makes it easier. It makes that commitment more like the nine to five I'm at an office commitment. You know, you look at that, you say, sorry, I have something on my calendar. It's blocked off. I've already committed time to this. I cannot just drop everything for this request. Just that is not going to be convenient to me. So that's kind of the first strategy is just let your calendar be to blame. Blame it on the calendar and say, I'm so sorry, I have a prior commitment at that time. I can't do this time. What about this time? Or here's where it comes in if you can't reschedule, if you don't even want to say what about another time. This is when we adopt a strategy for responding to these types of requests. So the best time to adopt a strategy for responding to new requests is before you even get them. Without a plan, I feel like when a request comes in, I feel a lot more pressure and I oftentimes end up giving in because I feel like I need but don't have a legitimate reason, right? So it's like I kind of feel pressure. I want to help the person out. I don't want to offend them by not doing it. And I'm trying to think of a reason, like an excuse as to why I can't do it. So there are a lot of problems here, a lot of problems. It's it's first of all just a flaw in our thinking. Like why do we need to prove to someone why we're unavailable like why does it matter we should be able to choose 
First of all, we could just not want to do something and that's okay. People get so shamed or they feel so ashamed for not wanting to go hang out with that friend or for not wanting to go see that movie or for not wanting to meet about this project. Like that's okay if you don't want to. There is no shame in that. But then on top of that, if if maybe you would want to, but you know that you shouldn't be prioritizing that and therefore you don't want to, you know, people still feel like they have to search for this real reason, this real excuse so that like, oh, it sounds fine. Like, oh no, I literally can't. I'll be out of town. You know, it's so much easier when you're like out of town. So we need a strategy so that we feel good and okay about saying no, but we don't necessarily need this crazy reason. All right. We're about to get into four major strategies for dealing with the demands on our time and saying no, whether someone's asking you to review their work or any other favor, a friend wants to do social plans, a call or meeting, any of those. We're about to get into four major strategies for dealing with this. But before we do so, we're going to take a quick break. I'll be right back. Rockstar Energy is giving one lucky winner a trip to Las Vegas. To enter, text Vegas to 59570 for your chance to win an all-inclusive trip to Las Vegas from Rockstar Energy. Again, that's V-E-G-A-S to 59570. A confirmation text will be sent. Standard message and data rates apply. And we're back. Hello. So in his book, The Power of a Positive No, Harvard professor William Yuri, I think it's Yuri. Um, you guys know I suck at saying names. I butcher all of them. But the Harvard professor outlines four major strategies for dealing with demands on our time. And I find this so, so, so fascinating because basically three of the four don't really work, <laughs> but we all do them anyway. And then one of the strategies works very, very, very well. So I'm going to go through those right now. The first strategy is called accommodation. So accommodation is basically when we bend to the request. So, you know, we say yes, whether we do or don't want to. And it's usually because we value the person making the request more than our interests or time or goals. Like we don't want to let the person down. We feel bad. We feel pressure. We don't want to cause a conflict. So we just say yes. Okay. The second is attack. So this is like the opposite of accommodation. Basically, we value our interests more than those of the other person. So then when they make the request, we often respond just out of annoyance or resentment or fear or pressure. Not great. Not in a great way. So basically, we say no, but we do it in a poor way. We do it poorly. It's not great. (laughs) Not a good look. So the third one is avoidance. This is, I think, my most common one, even though it ends up putting more pressure and anxiety on me than anything else. But avoidance is when we don't reply at all. You guessed it. We act like we didn't see the text or, you know, we just don't respond. We put it off. We avoid altogether. And we really just hope that the situation will resolve itself. Usually because we either really don't want to do what they're asking or we know we don't have time. But we're also afraid of offending them. So we don't really want to have that uncomfortable conversation. We don't want them to think that we don't want to help them. But we kind of don't want to help them, you know. So we don't really know how to approach it. Um, So we kind of leave it. And we just hope that it resolves itself. But you guys, as you could probably predict, this never works. It doesn't resolve itself. It just won't. It's not going to go away. It's not just going to go away. Or maybe it'll go away like they'll stop asking you. But then that doesn't feel right. You know, they may be thinking badly of you and whatever else so it's not the best one I think that 
avoiding sometimes it's inevitable like if you just literally get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of requests like sure you can't go through and answer every single one but most of us don't have that issue so we don't really want to do the avoidance (laughs) strategy especially because I find that the most anxiety builds up like when I sit there just thinking about the fact that I didn't say anything and just hating how that feels like oh they're probably over there like talking smack about me the fourth one oh actually before we get into the fourth one I'm going to read you a quick excerpt from Michael Hyatt's book, The Free to Focus. So basically these three ones, so we we have accommodation, attack, and avoidance. Um, oftentimes these three can kind of pile up on each other, which is really not great. And that's called 3A trap. So let me know if this situation sounds familiar. I'm going to read this from the book. Someone emails asking for your help with something. You don't want to do it, so you ignore the email which is avoidance. A week later, they send you a second email and make the request again. This annoys you, so you fire back a reply with a harsh or curt no. That's the attack. A couple of hours and maybe an awkward conversation later, you feel guilty for overreacting, and you reluctantly agree to do what they've asked in the form of an apology, accommodation. So that's a vicious cycle of bad responses, and it still ends with you doing the thing you didn't want to do in the first place. So I don't know about you, I definitely have gotten stuck in this cycle. I think that the, you know, attacking one probably happens the least for me. I don't feel like I attack people very often, but internally I can feel very annoyed. For example, there are some people that I work with who sometimes when I'm busy, I can't respond to every single thing they send or text or call with because they do it a lot. And it gets to a point where like I won't respond because I'll say, no, I'm in the middle of something. I cannot respond right now. I won't say that to them. But in my head, I'm like, they can respect my time. I'm filming. I'm not going to drop everything to answer this phone call. So then they'll text me or call me again in an hour. And that just starts to annoy me. I'm like, hello, stop calling me. Like, please, just I will talk to you when I can talk to you. So even though I don't lash out at them, I am... (laughs) attacking in my head I'm getting annoyed and I'm feeling angry when I could just avoid that altogether so lucky for us there is a fourth strategy and it's called affirmation so affirmation basically is the best one duh because it creates a win-win for everyone involved and that's what we want right we we don't want to feel like we're sacrificing our priorities and our values and our time so we don't have to give that up but we also want to say no in a tasteful way where both parties are left feeling good feeling okay not in conflict and you're providing kind of a solution for them as well and I'll get to that so it's what yuri the professor calls the positive no And this follows a formula, a very simple three-step formula, the yes, no, yes formula. So here's how to do this. So when you go to reply, you first say yes. And what I mean by that is you say yes to yourself and what's important to you. And it'll also include affirming the other person. So basically you want it to be known that you're honored that they came to you for your help or your feedback. So an example for me would be if someone writes me and says they're starting a YouTube channel, they would love to talk to me about any advice I have or they would want to meet maybe and talk about it. And I think this is awesome. I love when people reach out because I encourage everyone to start channels or to start making content, to start their own businesses. I love that. And I wish more than anything that I could help every single person that I know who wants to start this. But the reality of the matter is I don't have enough time to go meet with all those people and help each person individually. You know, there's a reason I create content like this because I want to be able to help a lot of people at once. We can't just be helping one person at a time. And yes, of course, there are exceptions. There are times when I would. 
But I'm going to use this for the sake of this example, which is this yes, no, yes formula. So my first yes would be, you know, let's pretend the person's name is Sally. I'd say, hey, Sally, thank you so much for thinking of me. That's so awesome that you're going to start a YouTube channel. I'm so proud of you. That's a step that a lot of people don't even take. So good for you. So excited for you. All right. So that's kind of the yes. It's just like laying out that you're excited for them. You're proud of their commitment and whatever else depending on what they're asking. So next is where the no comes in. The no should be very matter of fact, non-ambiguous. Don't leave any confusion or wiggle room because you don't want them to think like you would do it another time. You don't want to be wishy-washy. There's nothing worse than being like, oh, I don't, yeah, I'll get back to you. Just say no, just say no. So what I would probably say at that time is like, so I say all that yes stuff, like it's so awesome that you're doing this. Then I'll say, unfortunately right now I have far too much on my plate and I've already made several other commitments um that are a priority to me that's really all you got to say like unfortunately right now I can't unfortunately I can't right now okay that wasn't like perfect wording but you know basically saying I actually can't right now because I have other commitments I have a very busy month and I need to prioritize building my business or whatever it is so then you end the response with another yes and this other yes is going to reaffirm the relationship by offering another solution to the person's request you don't have to offer a solution But even just something really simple like, oh, here's a website that helped me or, you know, oh, I read this book though or, oh, I know this other person who probably would love to help. You can still provide some sort of option instead of just saying like, no, bye. So you're basically not taking on the responsibility of the task, but you're showing that you care and you're showing that you support them and you gave them something to work with. You know, you didn't just leave them high and dry. So that's the yes, no, yes formula. And if you think about it, you can really make it work for you for whatever type of request is coming in. If you kind of have this template in the back of your head, you can actually, I mean, if you're someone who gets a lot of requests that are similar, then you can literally be sending these all out, like the same types of answers to people. Obviously, let's be careful and switch uh, names and strategies. Like I'm not telling you guys to go be fraudulent. I'm just saying that it's easy to have a template for your sake. If you feel uncomfortable saying no, it'll help you to kind of stick to a template. It's not saying that you should go be, you know, non-unpersonal. Unpersonal, is that a word? Not, whatever. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be personal with each of these people. Of course you should, but it'll help you to say no when you kind of have this strategy in your head of how to do it. To wrap it up, I want to say that It's important to understand that sometimes even these types of no's, even these artful, positive no's will be misunderstood sometimes or the reaction will be negative. And that is just life. That happens. But you cannot let that make you rethink your priorities or bend over backwards and decide your commitment to yourself isn't as important after all. If someone reacts this way, it's on them. And I've talked about this many, many times that all we can control is us. And I want you guys to feel empowered and sure of your decisions when you make them, no matter what the reaction is. If you sit there and you decide, I'm prioritizing my schoolwork tonight. I'm not going to go help Betty with her project. If that's what you decide, I want you to stand tall and feel empowered and strong making that decision. And if Betty gets super upset and she lashes out at you, I do not want that to make you question your decision. I want you to be able to sit there confidently like, no, I still made the right decision. I'm sorry that Betty just doesn't understand. That sucks. Maybe one day she'll be happy for me, right? Because if you think about it, if someone does react this way, they may not be even aware that they're doing this, but 
they're acting entitled because they're basically telling you, hey, my time is more valuable than yours. You aren't doing something for me and that's not okay. So they might not be even meaning to do that, but that's what they're saying. They're saying my, my time is more valuable than yours. And that's just not true. And frankly, I no longer have time for people who aren't going to understand and support my goals and support my priorities. I've gotten very good at prioritizing. And when I say no and I say, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm going to work on this. Like the people that I surround myself understand and support that. They're like, you do you. Heck yeah. If someone does that to me, like if I ask for something or if I want to meet with someone and people say no to me, I'm just so happy that they gave me a clear answer. And I'm always like, heck yeah, go work hard. Go do that thing that you're trying to prioritize. I support you. So that kind of wraps up this episode. I hope that you guys found those strategies helpful. To kind of sum it all up again, I will just give you a little recap. So we are overly stimulated in our lives. And because of that, we tend to sometimes feel like we're working more, doing more, having more commitments, but achieving less or progressing less, right? So this is a whole nother topic in itself, but one of the very first things we can start doing every day is learning to prioritize what we're saying yes and no to. And I've talked about this a little bit before, but we got to prioritize that. And part of what that means is deciding what you want to focus on and creating a filter that you basically run every request and every project through. So you would say, hey, okay, does this project, you know, help me to achieve this goal or does it not? Is it just a distraction? And so you can spend some time reflecting on what your desires are, what you want to focus on so that you can start creating that filter. So then when it actually comes to saying no to things, it's important to understand that there is a trade-off to everything we do. We only have 24 hours in a day and everyone has the same exact 24 hours. So if we're choosing yes to something, if we're saying yes to a commitment, we are always saying no to another one, no matter what. It may not even seem like it, but we're saying no all the time. So if we can get behind this, if we can become aware of this, it'll empower us and we will have more control over these decisions in the moments, right? If we stop for a second to think before saying yes to a request or to a demand or to your time being taken, if we can just stop for a minute and think about it, you'll have a lot more control and you'll feel better about the decisions that you make. So then we talked about how to say no. And the first strategy is to just let your calendar say no for you. Block off time for everything, including time with yourself, meetings with yourself, okay? And then treat those like a real calendar appointment. Treat that like something that you cannot move around. And then the other strategy is to kind of adopt a template or a a way to say no to incoming requests that you know you want to say no to. And I talked about... um, these four major strategies for doing this, three of which are not great and don't work very well. We have accommodation, we have attack, and we have avoidance. And sometimes these all three can kind of loop up together and create just a recipe for you still ending up doing what you didn't want to do to begin with. Luckily, there is a fourth strategy called affirmation, and that creates a win-win for everything, for everyone. So that's where we do this yes, no, yes response formula. We start with a reaffirming positive statement. You're so happy that they reached out for your help. You're so proud of the project they're doing. It's so cool. Next is the no. I'm so sorry. I unfortunately don't have time to make this commitment right now. I have other prior commitments that I am prioritizing. And then you end with another yes. And that yes can either just be reaffirming the relationship, showing them that you care and support them, which can sometimes come in the form of offering another solution. So saying, hey, but I know this person who would love to read your book or your work. Or hey, there's this website. It's been really helpful for me. And that's that. 
And then lastly, just understanding that sometimes people will still react negatively and that's life. You can't do anything about that and you should make decisions that you feel strong and confident in and feel empowered to, you know, stand up for yourself and say, hey, like this is my priority and by you getting mad at me, you're basically saying that your time is more valuable than mine and that is just not true. All right. So that was the summary. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I did want to say one thing. I talked about potentially making merch in my last episode. So yes, I am making merch. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get it out for Black Friday and Cyber Monday. But honestly, at the end of the day, I want quality over quantity and over quickness. So I'm really hoping to get something out in the next couple weeks. I just have to deal with a couple legal things and make sure that everything that I'm putting out there is completely legitimate and legal, that I'm not using any trademarks or copyrighted quotes and sayings. So I will be with the merch. I will be provide what? I don't know. I will be linking the merch in my podcast on Instagram. Definitely go follow me on Instagram at Adrian Finch and at the self-made CEO for like updates on this because that will that will be the first place that I announce the merch. Um so yeah, stay tuned. And like always, please, please, please leave a rating and review for the show. It helps me so much. I want to be able to um have this listened to by more and more people. So Please go leave a review if you can. And I will talk to you guys in my next episode. Bye. Have an amazing week. Talk to you later. Rockstar Energy is giving one lucky winner a trip to Las Vegas. To enter, text Vegas to 59570 for your chance to win an all-inclusive trip to Las Vegas from Rockstar Energy. Again, that's V-E-G-A-S to 59570. A confirmation text will be sent. Standard message and data rates apply. Rockstar Energy is giving one lucky winner a trip to Las Vegas. To enter, text Vegas to 59570 for your chance to win an all-inclusive trip to Las Vegas from Rockstar Energy. Again, that's V-E-G-A-S to 59570. A confirmation text will be sent. Standard message and data rates apply. Apply.